you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Come on, express some worship unto the Lord today with freedom from the depth of your soul right now. Let's just praise the name of the Lord with all of our soul, mind, and strength. Hallelujah. 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 Thank the Lord. Well, I'm so glad you're here today in the house of the Lord. So glad to be back together. On this beautiful day, the Lord has given us. Amen. Amen. I'm going to take your attention to 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 17. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. By the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach. I don't know how long I'll preach. It probably won't be too long today. I I want to give time for an adequate response. I'm not going to tell you how to response because how to respond because I want you to feel freedom today. And I understand that we're doing our best, and you're doing a great job today, by the way by trying to protect your neighbors and some with mask and some without mask. Everyone doing a good job of keeping your distance and all those things that we've been asked to do. We're doing you're doing a good job. Give yourself a big hand for that, would you? And we know these things are important. But when it comes to responding to the call of the Holy Ghost, I I don't don't want to put any stipulation on anybody today. God speaks to your heart and you feel to come to the front of this room at the conclusion of this message today and you want to come here to the front and pray, you're welcome to do so. If you want to kneel where you are or sit where you are, if you want to come and just
just stand across the front. Whatever you choose to do is going to be up to you. And as I'm preaching today, the Holy Ghost is going to be speaking to hearts. And while the Holy Ghost is speaking to hearts, I want you to make your decision when the Holy Ghost is speaking to you of how you're going to respond. Because everybody in this room is going to be called to some form of response. Your response is up to you. But I am confident today that the Holy Ghost is going to speak to lives. I felt the urge of the Spirit last night, and I read several scriptures of my wife, who chose to be here today, and I'm glad she did. Had to hear the inspiration for this message at home because I didn't have a pulpit in the congregation to preach to, but I had the living room and my wife who could not leave. And she had to sit across the aisle and she would look up at me and occasionally those eyes would tell me, would you get on with this message? But I have been stirred in my spirit and I feel to speak a word to this congregation this morning, to all of our online listeners. By the way, if you're a guest here today, God bless you and thank you for being here. And to our online listeners, thank you for being here. God bless you. There is a real danger in the world. And I feel to speak to that today, particularly connected to the church world. And by the help of the Lord today, I'm going to preach a message titled, The Danger of Discounted Doctrine. I want you to pray with me right now. Father, we come to you and know, Lord, that your word is forever settled in heaven. Oh, God. Oh, God, let your word, let your word speak to hearts today. Lord, let, let me move outside of the realm of the flesh and into the realm of the spirit and the words that I speak while some could easily be misunderstood. I pray that the power of your Holy Ghost and the salve of the anointing of God would, Lord, build a hedge about any fiery dart that may be thrown this morning, Lord, and that every heart in this room, no matter how hardened it may, they may be, that they would be softened into the pliable clay that the work word of God may be able to form and shape in the master's hand today. Do what only you can. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. Martin Luther said a religion that gives nothing costs nothing and suffers nothing is worth nothing. Perhaps this best fits the liberal theology that has been creeping into the American church for the last several years. A message it seems that is so preached today is that we want a God without wrath. To save men without sin and bring them into a kingdom without judgment. 
by a Christ without a cross. The danger of discounted doctrine. Jesus dealt with the issue in Matthew, the 15th chapter, when the scribes and the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said to him, thinking that they had caught him or to put him on a spot, to back him in a corner and cause him to fight his way out because regardless of what he said, they felt they had trapped him as the religious people of that day came to him and said, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? There's a question there. Without a doubt, the raised eyebrows of our Savior standing looking at the religious, quote, religious people of the day as he looks at them and the question is raised and they respond with, for they do not wash their hands when they are eating bread. <laughs> if I would have been there, I would have said, why trouble thou the master? Over such small issues that the religious people would come and say to him, aha, I have you. Are you going to force the religious people to wash their hands in the tradition of the elders or are you going to allow them to eat? Jesus, instead of answering them, turns to them and said, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God? You're worried about the tradition of elders. I am speaking to you about the commandment of God by your own tradition. He goes on in verse 7 of the 15th chapter of the book of Matthew and he calls them hypocrites. And he says unto them, the prophet Isaiah spoke directly to you and to your generation and said, the people draweth nigh with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart. Their heart is far from me. And Jesus goes on and says, but, but in vain, they still worship me. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Oh, I feel the help of the Holy Ghost in the house today. There is a real danger in the world it is the danger of discounted doctrine, traditions of men being preached as the doctrines of God. Holding the ideas of men above the commandments of God. Hold on, buckle your seatbelt this morning because I'm going to preach bold in the Holy Ghost for a little while today. The word discounted, half price, Final sale can get you running to the mall or reaching for your credit card, but cheap often comes with an outrageously high price. In a market saturated with increasingly 
similar goods. Price is often the ultimate winner. But the inexpensive and inferior and bootleg brand from street vendors or box stores quickly show their true value. And their production comes at an extremely high cost to the unsuspected buyer. The item looks the same, seems like it's the same, appears the same, but it was built in a fashion that is inferior. About 10, 12 years ago, factory outlets in America were the number one tourist destinations in the country. Isn't that amazing? Online shopping has almost closed all factory outlets today. This fast-growing segment of the non-web-based retail industry often offered designer shirts and they would pair it with Levi jeans or a coach bag which were often nothing more than a mere decoy in the window by the walker that came by and looked into the window and the shopper would see the name brand and be lured into the store. And while there were a few odd sizes of the name brand product, next to it were mountains and piles with signs that said similar brands. The unsuspected buyer thought perhaps they're made in the same shops. They look the same. They appear to be the same. Only when my wife would buy me the inferior jeans and three days later they were torn on the workplace. Revealing the fact that the cheap and the, 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 cheap and the discounted were indeed truly inferior. Only the well-informed would know that the unrecognizable brand on the shelf next to the name brand was really not a similar to and certainly not an equal to the neighboring item that brought you into the store. Discount centers for rugs and mattresses and furniture and almost everything else use similar strategies to seemingly create discounted deals that are irresistible to the American public offering to you basement bargain basement prices. Come and get what you want. Even our great universities are now diluting their brands by offering other forms of basement bargain deals. You can buy a doctorate degree online for only $89.99. When the price is right, what's in the box seems to matter far less than what is on the label. There's a crisis. No, not in the marketplace. There is a crisis in the church. It is the demand for discounted religion 
for deluded doctrines, for cheap religion that costs nothing and requires nothing and asks for nothing. It is Burger King religion. Your way, right away, now. The crisis is indeed brewing. It's everywhere. Newer marketers such as Ikea makes the goods that are available to all at extremely low prices, which allows college students and young couples and fast-paced bargain hunters to be able to furnish their entire home with stylish things all the way from cabinets to furniture. But be forewarned that Ikea doesn't concern itself with quality. Its fall apart brands come cheap. Ultimately, what has made the company successful is that they have made cheap, fashionable, and desirable. I'm drawing some parallels. I hope you're picking them up today. What has made the religious world fashionable is that the religious world has become more about our fashion, more about our music and the seemingly appearance of church and godliness. The Bible said there would be a day when they would have the appearance of godliness, but they would deny the power thereof. Colossians chapter 2, verse number 8, the apostle Paul said, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Can I present to you today a gospel that was once delivered to the saints. It is a gospel that is intended to call us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. It will cost you everything, but it's worth the world. I come to tell you today that God has sent a messenger to this pulpit to preach to you and tell you God wants to save you, but saving you is going to change you. It's going to change your thoughts. It's going to change your actions. It's going to change the way you talk, where you go, what you do. God didn't call us to an easier life but he called us to take up our cross and follow him. That doesn't sound like an easy way to stroll into the pearly gates. There is a price to be paid. Are you willing to get under the load of strong doctrine and say it what? this word says really does matter. I want this truth. I want this word. Give me the whole truth. If it means I have to change my philosophies, my ideals, my traditions, if we're not careful, we will get caught up in our traditions, the way we were raised, our backgrounds, we will get caught up in all sorts of ideologies and miss the real doctrines of the Word of God. The high price 
of prayer, sacrifice, and faithfulness has caused many people to not only settle for, but even demand a cheaper brand of religion that cost us nothing. Why do you suppose that there are close to a hundred million church members in America, yet America is in shambles? Why are we not making a greater difference, a greater moral and spiritual impact in the world? Because traditions of men have slipped in to the modern church and replaced Bible doctrine. Many churches have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. From such, the Bible says, turn away. Why is it that on Sunday morning thousands of churches have empty pews? Why is it that only half of those in American churches that are on membership roles and claim to be Christian are actually expected to attend church at all? On this Sunday in the United States of America, only 12% of those who claim religious affiliation and Christianity as their faith are actually sitting in a church pew on this Sunday morning. 12%. We want a religion that costs us nothing. We want comfort and ease rather than true Bible doctrine. Forsaking not the assembling of yourselves in the manner of some is. Even so much the more as we see the day approaching. I didn't write it. I didn't put it in there. But it's in this word. We need gathering together in the house of the Lord. The answer to these questions may be simple. America has bought into the message of discounted doctrines and cheap religion. Come as you are and stay as you were has become the motto of the modern church. Jesus didn't say it like that way at all. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, come out from among them saith the Lord. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. A different idea, a different ideal, a different model, a different, we're not programmed to the things of this world. The reason the church is not making a greater impact in the world than we are is that a lot of church members have bought into the cheap humanistic religion that costs nothing, that flows with the ideals of man. It is completely human to place little value on things that cost you nothing. But when it's your blood, sweat, and tears, 
when it's your prayer, your sacrifice, and your giving, the cost begins to mean something and the buy-in becomes natural. You want to know the best way to truly fall in love with the church? Involve yourself in everything that is happening in the church. When I see and hear people saying, well, I'm just not fitting in, they usually are not participating. I dare you to let the whole world stand by and you show up to every service, get involved in every volunteerism manner that you can. Let your blood, sweat, and tears get involved in what's going on in the church and you'll begin to love the church more than you ever could love the church. Oh, I know Bible doctrine may seem a little hard, but I dare you to take this word and hide it in your heart and start living it every day and say, take the whole world, but give me Jesus. I've got to have truth on the inward part. I'm going to live it. Hey, before long, it won't be hard. It'll become part of who you are and how you live. You will live it every day with joy and you will be thrilled. Serve the Lord with gladness. It's time for the church to rise and to stand for righteousness in these last days. The seriousness of discounted doctrine can be compared to a missile aimed and only a mere one degree off target. Imagine a military missile aimed at a target and somebody standing by notices it's close, but it's one degree off. The difference seems to be slight, negligible. At first, yet the results of the air increase dramatically through the distance of the flight. What starts out seemingly one degree off, not bad from here to the front row. I may even hit the same seat with only a one degree variation. But by the time I get to the back of the building, I may be two or three seats over. When the military strategist call for the missile launch, the missile is put into place one degree off, traveling for a long distance. By the time it finally arrives, arrives, the little air can end in great catastrophe. The claim in the church today is we're all headed in the same direction. Maybe it doesn't really matter. We're all headed in the same direction. We all love the same Jesus and we're all pointed in the same direction. One degree off may be in the same gentle gentle general direction but at the end it could miss the mark missing the mark in the final destination of a soul really does matter 
As with all heirs, the effects compound over time until they lead to total destruction. Come on, church. We've got to recalibrate. We've got to get refocused, laser-focused on Bible doctrine. That's why our Bible study teaching teams have got to get better at what they're doing. We need more people teaching, more people reaching, more people working, not just pointing people in the general direction, but with laser focus, getting people decided on the truth that is in this word. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one way to God. And it is through Jesus Christ. I still believe in Jesus' name, baptism, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidence by speaking with other tongues, being the only way to get to God because that's the only way they were saved in the word of God. If somebody comes with a vain tradition telling you something else, don't say, well, let's argue it. Let's talk it out. I just want to see it in the Word of God. Show me in the Word of God. It's not there. The only thing in the Word of God tells me, hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God is one. I'm not preaching a political message today. But abortion is not a political issue. It's a moral issue. And it is a biblical issue. It's not a little wrong. It's totally wrong. It breaks one of the first and ten commandments given by God. The taking of a life, any life, in the womb, on the street, or conveniently in a nursing home is all sin according to the Word of God. Not concerned about traditions. Not concerned about what men say. Not concerned about what society says. I want to know what the Word of God says and I'm going to stand on the Word of God. This is no time for the church to dilute Bible doctrine. It's time for the church to shine its light bright in this dark day. I know this may be strong doctrine, but if the church doesn't stand up for righteousness in these last days, who will? We may all seemingly be pointed in the right direction, but let's steer it back. One degree could make a big difference. Let's get laser focused on truth, Bible doctrine, and what Jesus says to do. Please don't take this message out of context this morning. I'm not trying to push people away. God forbid. If you're an online listener, if you're a guest in this room today, if you're not one that knows me and knows my heart, please know I'm not trying to push anybody away this morning. As a matter of fact, I'm preaching with the most love I can. Chad asked me this week, Pastor, What's some subjects that are difficult 
for you to deal with. And I said, I, I can't really think of anything. I'm on one this morning, Chad. It's difficult to stand in this pulpit and preach some things knowing that there are all sorts of traditions of men that have been indoctrinated wrongly in the minds of people that are contrary to the word of God. I'm not calling you to my ideology. I'm calling you back to the biblical principles of the word of God. We must stand on this word. Thy word, O oh Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Take the whole world. Give me Jesus. Give me Bible doctrine. I want to stand on this word. This is no time for the church to dilute Bible doctrine. It's time for the church to stand stronger than we ever have. You know why I'm so thankful and I believe in this generation so much? Because I hear some of the things that have been and when our youth were gathering, some of the things that were being taught to our youth and young adults. It's things that have impacted children and young people. Our children and kids' prayer program, we need to get back rolling as soon as we possibly safely can do so. This is important. We can't lose. We can't lose a generation. We can't lose a generation. But it's that kind of teaching that causes young men hardly a day goes by Rarely a day goes by, regardless of the length of time that he's worked all day, that this clown of a son of mine on this front row doesn't come in and get out his Bible and open up his notepad and sit down and go to the Word of God and begin to ask questions, Dad, what do you think about this? Dad, have you ever read this? Dad, did you know? Dad, what do you think about this idea? Dad, let me tell you what I've learned. Let me tell you why I believe in this generation. They are more in love with this word than many generations that have come before. Come on, young people. It doesn't matter whether you're sitting by mom or dad or on the front row this morning. I'm reaching to you and telling you, stay in love with this word. Get this word in your heart. Love this word. This word will get you to heaven. This word will save your marriage. This word will fix your relationships. This word means everything. I'm, tr I'm reaching for people today. I'm trying to get people to turn their hearts. Forget vain traditions of men. I'm trying to get men and women and young people alike today to turn your hearts toward God and say, hey, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. Truth is what matters in my life. At some point, we must decide that staying as we are will not get us to where we want to be. I called Brother Danny last night, who has had a little bit of training to ask him a question. He confirmed with me 
that when the pilot of a giant airliner is speeding down the runway, there are two pilots there, one watching the gauges and watching the engines and making sure that the plane has nothing that is going wrong. The other is watching the runway and looking down at a distance and confirming that the runway is clear and there's no reason to shut down. And when the two of them confer, and as that plane begins to speed down the runway, it reaches a speed known as V1. V1 is not a technical speed. It is a speed that is related to that particular airliner, which means it is the speed by which that airliner has reached a breaking point that it cannot slow down or it will crash. It has to go full throttle, full speed ahead and take to the air. If it doesn't, once it crosses that line, that airliner is committed to the air. If he doesn't take off, it will end in a disastrous crash. It will end in complete destruction. At that point, the pilot can no longer change his mind. He is committed to the air. He must go full throttle ahead. That's why there has to be more than just one person in the cockpit looking and making the decision. They are conferring together and saying we are going forward. That's why two is better than one. But I come this morning to tell you unfortunately the church is filled with members that have never gotten off the ground. They like the music, they may even like the preacher, they may like the worship and may have friends in the church but they've never gotten off the ground their ministry has never gotten off the ground they're just struggling and, and, and they're trying to find a way They've never. it's because they have never truly committed to the cost of discipleship it will cost you everything, come on child of God, we've been on the runway long enough, it's time for some life changing commitments to be made in this house this morning. Maybe you've been planning on it, meaning to, wanting to, trying to, going to, aiming to, and hoping to, but you will never get anywhere until you commit to saying, I am going to align my life with this word. If it costs me friends and family and tradition, I want the word of God to be fully preeminent in my life. Salvation's free, but it will cost you everything. The Apostle Paul issues a clear call when he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God in Romans chapter 12, that you present your bodies a living, everybody say living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This next verse, some of you could quote it with me. And do not be conformed <laughs> to this world with its traditions. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind 
God doesn't just want to change you and deliver you out of an addiction. He wants to also change your concepts, change your mind. It's the Word of God that will change you by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Until the mind is changed, you will never understand the perfect will of God. You'll be pointed in the general direction, but missing the mark. The word used here, present your body, present, is a technical Greek word used for offering a sacrifice. It speaks of a voluntary effort. It's completely your will. Present means out of your will you decide to offer. The Apostle Paul could have used all sorts of language. The Lord could have used all kind of language. But he said present your bodies. He didn't say I command you. He says I beseech you. I beg you, it's your will, but could I talk you into doing it on your own? Could I get you to do it out of your own will? Paul goes on to say, because it is your reasonable service. It's not unreasonable. God's not calling you to an unreasonable life. There is nothing in the Word of God that is unreasonable. It is your reasonable service based on what we have received from God, based on the grace of God. The apostle is saying it is logical that we would pay the price of discipleship. It makes sense that we would commit ourselves to God. Under the Old Testament sacrificial system, the animal to be sacrificed was committed to the priest. Then the sacrifice was killed and consumed at the altar. Watch the parallel. The believers are told that they are to present themselves. Present themselves a living sacrifice. With the understanding that there is no such thing as a partial sacrifice. God's not going to accept general direction one degree off. He's looking for laser focus. Present yourself a living sacrifice. No such thing as a partial sacrifice or partial commitment because with God, it's all or it's nothing. I know it seems that I'm drawing a line in the sand, but I'm really not. The Word of God draws the line in the sand. Jesus said, I would that you were either cold or hot, but if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. The sacrificial animal is brought to the altar. It wasn't just tossed onto the altar. There's typology in everything that happens in the tabernacle. When the sacrificial lamb was brought, 
And that sacrifice was laid upon the altar. That brazen altar is polished brass. There laid upon the altar is the sacrifice. There are four horns on the altar. Each leg is taken and stretched toward a horn and tied at the four corners of the altar. It's not just laid there where a decision could be made. I'll offer the sacrifice or maybe I'll take it back. It's tied. It's tied. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's my life. I do what I want. Mm -hmm. Traditions of men. There's nobody going to tell me what I can do and what I can't. Mm -hmm. Traditions of men. Pastor, you telling me you're going to make me, force me? Oh, no. I don't pastor like that. Don't attempt to. But I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. You (laughs) present your body a living sacrifice on the altar. Don't just jump on so that you can jump out. There's a lot of people jump in the church and jump out. They're like the hokey pokey. You don't ever know what's going to be in today and what's going to be out. The apostle says, present your body a living sacrifice, turning us to a look toward the Old Testament sacrifice that was tied to the altar. God's not looking for somebody to make some sort of partial commitment today. But he's looking for somebody that will come and say, I'm presenting myself. On the cross, Jesus gives us another example. As he goes and they come and he looks at them and he said, No man is taking my life. Oh, But I am laying it down. God's calling people today to commit your life to be tied to the horns of the altar willfully, not because this preacher has preached a solemn and somewhat bold message this morning, a little unusual for Sunday morning, but because God is speaking to your heart through His Word right now, and you know you need to present your life, not partially, but totally, fully. It's important. It's impossible to be sort of committed. It, it's, it's not possible to, get, to offer to Him a partial Sacrifice, he says, a living sacrifice. True commitment is not something that you can take back if it doesn't work out. When I married this wonderful lady on this front row over 30 years ago, we talked before we got married and we decided that divorce was never going to be an option for us ever. Now, I know you all think that life's always good in the Jordan household, but we've had some struggles. There's been some days that we've struggled. My pastor said to me when I started to marry her, he said, why do you want to marry her? I said, because I love her. He said, wrong reason. 
He said, the only reason you need to marry her is because you feel like that she is somebody that you can commit to and that she will commit to you because commitment will be the only thing that's going to see you through. Because some days you're not going to love one another like you, you know, it's not going to be all romance. But you're committed. The Lord speaks to the church, commits himself to the church, and he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go away, I'm going to come. I'm committing myself to you, but I'm looking for a church that's going to make herself ready. I'm looking for a church without spot or blemish. I'm looking for a church that will tie herself to the horns of the altar willfully and say, here I am, a living sacrifice. I'm not jumping in and jumping out of this relationship. I am committed for the long haul. It may cost you the world, but it will gain you everything. Would you want to stand with me all over the room right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. God is speaking to hearts right now. I want you to respond the way God is speaking to you and whatever God is telling you to do. I want you to do that today. God's calling this church to commitment. Commitment to His Word like never before. Cheap religion will leave you without hope. This preacher's calling you, calling you out today away from vain traditions of men and calling you to Bible doctrine, a commitment to this wonderful truth that has been once delivered to the saints. This pastor's calling you to commit your life afresh and anew today. Maybe some have strayed, some have wandered. I can't do this part for you. It's up to you. Present your body a living sacrifice. It's up to you. Until we reach the point of realizing I'm not my own, I've been bought with a price, do we realize that it's not about me, but it's about Him? That's what God's calling us to today. It's not about me. It's not about my desires, my thoughts, my ideals. All over this room, let's just turn this place into a prayer room right now. Respond however you feel. If you want to come forward, sit where you are, stand where you are, kneel where you are. If you want to kneel in the front, stand in the front. Whatever you feel to do right now, I want you to allow God to speak to you. But I'm calling this church today to a point of commitment and sacrifice to the word of God like we never have. God, I want to be established in your word deeper than ever before. God, I want to be committed to your word. I want to be committed to doctrine. I want it really does matter what we believe. It really does matter. I want to be committed to your church like never before. I tie myself to the altar today. I commit myself to you today. Come on, lift your voice in prayer all over this room. Come on, lift your voice in prayer all over this house right now. Oh, commit yourself to the Lord right now. Commit yourself to Him. He's calling us. 
total devotion, total commitment. I surrender all. I surrender it to you, Lord. Oh, yes. Everything I give to you. Oh. If you're here today and you want somebody to pray with you, you would like for one of our ministers to pray with you, just come right here to the front, right here in the front and center. If you need prayer or would like special prayer, the water is troubled right now. If somebody here today you would like somebody to pray with them, just walk here to the front. We're going to lay hands on you and pray with you only if it's what you desire. Oh, yes. I give to Come on, this is a prayer room right now. There's spiritual work being done. God is calling us. He's calling us. He's calling us. Oh,